But this is not any other kind of book, and Matthew is not any just simple author. Matthew is an eyewitness of the life of Jesus. He had spoken with him. He had been with him. He knew the intimate stories. He knew Christ personally. And this gospel that comes to us is written from one who loved Christ and is written from his heart. Someone who saw the glory of Christ and knew who he was. And so wanted to write this down for our benefit today. And he, he wrote of God breaking into the world and interrupting the course of, of the people at that time and what they were doing to bring himself to step into the world. And so if you have your Bible tonight with you, um, I'm going to be looking and reading in uh, Matthew chapter 1. In our short time tonight, we're going to see how God has been entering the lives of people from the very beginning, showing His love and His grace. He stepped into this world over and over again, revealing Himself to people and calling them into relationship. And in this story tonight that we know so well, He stepped into the lives of Mary and Joseph to bless them and to pour His heart out upon them. And so we are going to just look at some of the aspects of those that God stepped into their lives and changed them. And maybe tonight in this room, on December the 24th, 2021, maybe tonight in someone's life, God wants, I know He does, He wants to step into your life and to call you to Himself. Or maybe to call you back if you've been away and to bring you back into a vibrant relationship with Him. God is the God of families. And we will see tonight that, that one of the unique things about this story, the Christmas story, is that it started a long time ago with a promise to a man in Genesis chapter 12. And we will see that it began with this little microscope of looking at this one man, and eventually it began to go out and it grew into millions of people that became a nation. This family from one man became this great nation that was connected to many families. Um, and so I look around the room tonight in this place and I see that we are made up of families as well where God is moving and God is at work and God is calling us to Himself to know Him. So in Matthew chapter 1, um, it just begins this way, the book of genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, David, the son of Abraham, and Abraham was the father of Isaac. And I want to just stop there just for a moment, and I want to share a few things in, in the genealogy of how Christ began to even work in people's lives and how God was stepping into their lives a long time ago. God made a covenant with a man named Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. This covenant began what would eventually become the Jewish people and the nation of Israel. God comes to a man who had learned idol worship from his father. He was not even a follower of God at that time. And so God steps into his life and interrupts his life and tells Abraham, I want you to follow me and from you, I'm making a covenant with you. From you is going to come one and he will bless all of the families of the earth. And this promise came to Abraham, and Abraham becomes this example for you and I. And Matthew starts out his gospel affirming this reality about Abraham. Abraham believed in the promise of the coming Messiah, and that made him a believer. It wasn't his works that made him a believer. It was his faith in the promise of the one who would come. 
Romans 4, 1 through 7 tells us that Abraham then became the very pattern for salvation, that it was going to be by justification, being made right by faith in the work of Christ. And then Hebrews 11 and James 2 tell us that Abraham was an example of someone who walked by faith. The genealogy of Matthew also includes five women, unique women, Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, Bathsheba, and Mary. Matthew 1.5 says, And Salmon, the father of Boaz, by Rahab. So one of the unique things about Matthew's gospel is this inclusion in genealogy, which was not always the case of women. The stories of these women are unique. Four of them were Gentiles. Two were Canaanites. One was a Moabite. And Bathsheba was a Hittite. Two of them did not have great reputations, which tells me that this is another confirmation of the truth of the Scripture. For it doesn't just have people contained in the story that have everything together. It shows broken people who at times are sinful. And God steps into their life to rescue them, to call them into relationship, and to change their lives. One of them named Rahab did not have a good reputation and had a very um, undesirable job. But she came part of this large family nation when a man named Salmon took her as his wife. She becomes the great-great-grandmother of King David of whom Jesus is a descendant as well. You see, God stepped into her life, and He does this even in the lives of sinful people to give them a home and to give them a family. It began with Rahab when she took care of a couple of spies who had come into Jericho, and she was bold enough to ask a question if they would remember her and that her family would be rescued when they took the city. Another woman is named Ruth. She is a Gentile Moabite, The Moabites were under a curse from the Mosaic Law according to Deuteronomy chapter 23. And watch this. God turned this curse that was against Ruth into a blessing by bringing her into the people of God and into the family of God. And with each of these women, God's glory and His grace is seen in their lives. He interrupts our lives with grace, does He not? He gives people on the outside a place to belong on the inside to be included in the people of God. So David was the youngest son of this family. He had a lot of older brothers. The prophet Samuel came to town one day and said, God has told me to come to anoint one of your sons to be king. The older son came in. He was tall. He looked brave. We learn in We learn later in 1 Samuel 17, he's not real brave. He's out there and Goliath comes out 40 days in the morning and at night and he doesn't fight Goliath. But we learn about King David, that King David had a warrior heart. He had a heart for God and God anointed King David and he is in the genealogy and this Davidic dynasty that is mentioned here in Matthew 1-6 happens and God interrupted David's life. He was just a shepherd boy at a young age and anointed him. To be king. I could talk about a guy named Zerubbabel. What a great name, Zerubbabel. But he was a part of this family of Christ who helped, after they had been exiled, to come back and to rebuild the temple again so the people of God could worship. Matthew 1, it's not only a story of the deep genealogy and God stepping into many people's lives, but it's 
ultimately a unique story in Matthew 1 of him stepping into the life of Joseph and Mary. The first Christmas story is this story of them. It is the interruption of interruptions. This is what Matthew 1.18 says. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place this way. So much significance in those words. After a long genealogy, he begins to unfold the story of Christ entering into the world. And Matthew writes this, and he speaks about that, that the birth of Christ took place in this way. God had come in Christ here on the earth. He had been born to be near people and to call us into relationship with Him. 2,000 years ago, outside of Bethlehem, the world was interrupted in the most amazing way. The King of Heaven had left the throne of Heaven where the angels adored Him and all day long and, and over and over, all they did was call back and forth to one another, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty. And for almost... Ten full months, or nine full months, almost ten months, they have had to be quiet. They didn't get to call this out because by this miraculous thing, the Holy Spirit had, had miraculously put Jesus, conceived Christ inside of Mary's womb, and He was growing. And on this night, it's no surprise that they worship the way that they do. They have had to hold their tongue for quite a while. And so when Christ is born on this night, they worship and they worship Him. So this interruption of interruptions is that God had come to be in the world among people like you and I. God came as a baby, shattering any kind of idea tonight and then that God does not love people or that God is uninterested in the broken lives of people and the broken lives in the world. He came to take on flesh. He came to be near us and among us to rescue us and to restore us into relationship. It is the interruption of all interruptions. Now I have to to give an apology before I do something. If you haven't seen the new Spider-Man, I'm apologizing, okay? Okay? Just one part of it, not all of it. I'm not going to tell the whole story of the movie, okay? So, yeah, you can just get over it. So, God put this on my heart. So, we went and saw it Tuesday night, five of us. And you get deep into it, and uh, Dr. Strange is there doing his thing. And, and uh, when Tobey Maguire came into the movie, my son... 14 years old, was a few seats down to me, got up out of his seat and went, yeah, and clapped. And, and it caused the whole theater to clap and to celebrate that moment when that Spider-Man stepped into the movie and just the whole place erupted. And, and um, sitting there in the movie, I, I have been thinking about this night and, and this season, and I thought about how, how that moment was kind of, unique as the whole theater erupted but I thought about how incredible it was that night when the world was interrupted when God stepped into this world and again the angels could not control themselves but worshipped this 
thing that happened with Mary and Joseph was an interruption of their engagement. The second part of verse 18 says, And when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. In the New Testament times, marriages were arranged by parents. They would negotiate the contracts. And after that, the the initial commitment to marry was made. And even though the couple did not yet live together, um, it was much different back then. It was much stronger than an engagement today. It was considered by law that they were actually married already. And the waiting period of one year was to commence to show that the woman was not pregnant. And so after this period of engagement and a formal ceremony, the couple moved in together as husband and wife. This, again, this, this engagement period is much more binding on a couple than engagement period is today. And there's always something exciting about a wedding. And, a, and in the town of Nazareth, two families were excited about an upcoming marriage. A beloved son would be marrying a woman whom he would adore He was a carpenter, and he knew he would be able to take care of her. They would never be rich, but he knew that he loved her, and he would take care of her. Being in the engagement period would allow them to get to know each other, and Joseph to get to build the home and get it ready for them when they were married. And the shock of their lives happened when neither one of them could have imagined what God was going to do in the midst of their engagement. He would toss it upside down. He would turn it sideways. We've all seen videos of brides and moms when chaos happens, but that's not what happened here. You have a young woman and her family. You have a man and his family who trust what the angel of God has instructed to them. Mary is in this one-year waiting period when she became pregnant. And in the midst of the excitement of the upcoming celebration, the Holy Spirit had stepped into Mary's life and had done a miraculous work For inside her womb, the Son of God is alive and growing to maturity. God was not injuring their plans. He was not harming them. He was not casting doubt upon their love and their upcoming marriage. He was actually blessing them and calling them to His work. And one of the things that we are to come to know is this, is that God is always at work for His people, for their good. Plans and desires we have. God has greater purposes for us than we have. And sometimes He steps into our life and alters our plans to bless us and to get us more on the path to follow Him. And He was calling them to trust Him, regardless of what other people would think about their new circumstances and their course of life, and they would trust Him. And so the interruption of interruptions happened, and engagement is interrupted, and then in Interruption comes because a marriage is about to not happen. And so 19 through 21 says this, And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, and she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. This new reality of this news from Mary shocked Joseph. But Joseph did not want to make Mary a public example. So he decided that quietly and behind the scenes he would secretly divorce her. He would avoid the public scandal for anyone that was involved, his family and her family. In the law, if Joseph wanted to press this, Mary could have been stoned 
in a public way. But as he considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, and called him the son of David from the line of David. Do not fear to take Mary as your wife. And so as Joseph was thinking through these things, an angel showed up to let him in on the Holy Spirit's work in his life. Mary's pregnancy was not because of sin. It was because of the work of the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit had done this work in Mary. And it shows the most unique aspect of Christ's life, this great aspect that He would come to take on flesh and He would come to be near you and I. This interruption in Joseph's life was actually a blessing in his life. He, listen to this. He will, he will live in such a way to invest in God's life as he grows up. He will have this unique role to teach and to pour his life as an earthly father in Jesus. The angel tells him, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. Here it shows Joseph that he needed to make his decision independent of being fearful and afraid of anything that might come. And so Joseph does exactly what the angel tells him to do. So here is a man protecting his wife in light of what the public might think and now of him. And it reveals the great integrity that is connected to Joseph rising above his circumstances to do what God wants him to do. So he lets go of what this might look like in other people's eyes to be fully obedient to God. You see, the decisions of our lives, like Joseph's, are not to be made in fear, but they are to be made, listen, by knowing the truth. And so both Mary and Joseph embraced the truth of what the angel told them. This is a work of the Holy Spirit. So don't be fearful about this. You need to do this. You need to trust what we are telling you. This is the work of God in your lives. And for all of us in our lives, we make decisions grounded in the truth, not grounded in fear. And ultimately, Joseph and Mary knew the truth from the angel, for they were in God's will, and they didn't need to worry about what anybody else might think about this. And at times, we have to be this way as well. Just stand in the truth, knowing what God has said and what God has called us to do, who God has called us to be, and not worry about man's opinion. Lastly tonight, it was an interruption where God is with us now. Verse 22 of Matthew 1 says, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. This prophecy was spoken and written 700 years before Christ was born on this night. Isaiah seven fourteen. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. There are over 300 prophecies about the first coming of Christ. Isaiah seven fourteen, and in Matthew 1 is just one of those. God is present. God is near his people. The key this Christmas, as we finish tonight, is that when Joseph woke from his sleep, this is what the text says in verse 24, 
He did as the angel commanded him. He didn't try to wake up and bargain with God. He didn't try to ask the angel to come back. He just believed and trusted what he had been instructed, and he followed it out. What about us? What about Christmas Eve 2021 in our lives? Our lives are better off when we do what the Lord commands and what God calls us to do. For God's purposes are greater always, even than ours. And I want to close with one thought about hope. Many people today are looking for hope in a world like ours, and particularly over the last two years. And for many people, they look for hope every day. And then the next day comes and they look for hope that day. And I want to just speak into the room tonight this, that if our hope isn't beyond one day, if our hope isn't towards something bigger in the future, then we will search and we will, we will go from thing to thing to thing to thing every day looking for something. We have a hope and it's, the hope is Jesus. He is a person. And He came here and He took on flesh. He eventually died on a cross. That was the reason He came. Was he, came he, he was born to go to the cross to die, to rescue us, to bear our sin in His body and to offer eternal life to you and I. And our hope tonight is not just in this day. Our hope is for all of eternity, for the remainder of our days and for all of eternity. I know God has me. Many of you know God has you for all of eternity. So I don't need to look this place and that place and other places. I know that I belong to Him and that He loves me and that He came for me. That's the message of Christmas. God had come near. He had interrupted the world and He would like to interrupt your life to put you on His path. In Him is life. And that life was the light of men. Let's pray.